right, good morning. It's good to be with you in worship today. It's uh, good to just experience God's presence together. Wow, that's really bright. Hello. Wow, if you... I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. Um, hey, it is uh, 4th of July weekend. We're glad that you're here with us. I know there are many that are traveling this weekend. There are many of you who are uh, normally with us that are out of town maybe this weekend. We're glad that you're connecting with us online. Uh, I am I'm so thankful uh, for the many freedoms that we have, the freedom to worship, uh, the freedom uh, to do the things that we can do here in our nation that we can't uh, many places in the world where uh, there's persecution. Uh, there are Christians who uh, gather in secret uh, to do what we're doing very openly, and we're thankful uh, for that freedom. But what I want us to do is, is not celebrate America today. What I want us to do is celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ. What I want us to do is recognize that because of Jesus... We can have freedom from guilt and shame. We can have freedom from our past. We can have freedom from those failures. I, I don't know if we want to be honest here this morning, but would anybody be honest enough to say that at least one time in your life you have failed at something? Right, raise your hand. Okay, and some of you, you're just like, I'm never going to raise my hand no matter what you ask, Pastor. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I get it. I get it. Um, so... Uh, what we want to do today is, is really close out this series uh, that we have been in on, on Cinderella stories. And we've been looking at heroes of the Bible. We just sang about some of the heroes. I, I love that song, Same God, as we sing about uh, Moses, as we sing about David, as we sing about these heroes of the faith, these people that have gone before. And, and really this Cinderella story series has just been about how God uses unlikely people to accomplish amazing things. Uh, God is constantly choosing people that we would say, why would you choose that person? Sometimes we look in the mirror and we say, why would you choose me? And yet God says, I've chosen these people and I've chosen you because I love them and I love you. I had a purpose for them and I've got a purpose for you. And, and today as we just celebrate the freedoms that we have in Christ, I, I, just, I, I think where we're going to land this series uh, today is really just going to help us celebrate the freedom that we can have because of Jesus. And uh, so thankful that you're here, so thankful that you're uh, with us online. For those of you who are uh, watching, uh, it's, it's always good uh, to be able to experience God's presence together. And so uh, if you're here today and you've got some baggage in your past, if you're watching online and you've got some baggage in your past, you, you've got some history that sometimes you think might disqualify you for certain things. Or maybe, maybe you're, you're perfectly content with where you are with the Lord, uh, but you're not really leaning into the fact that God has a purpose for your life. Uh, what I'm hoping that we can do is as we look at the life of the Apostle Paul, that we can discover if God can use Paul, God can use us. And if God can do the kinds of things that he did through the Apostle Paul, and if God can help him move past his past and move into the, the calling that God had for him, then what can he do for each one of us? And so we're going to look at this man um, who is not a likely character to be used by the Lord. Um, and uh, if, you, if you think back to all the, the Cinderella story characters that we've talked about in this series, 
all of them uh, had something in common. In your notes, if you want to write this down, they all had this one thing in common. They all had major issues or failures or some uh, of some significant area in their lives. There, there, there were things that needed to be worked out. Uh, every single one of the people that God used in this Cinderella story, um, and, and even the people that we just sang about um, in the song, Same God, um, the heroes of the Bible... They were all people that God used sometimes in spite of themselves. Um, I, I think that, you know, sometimes it might have been sin. Sometimes it might have been like Ehud was just a left-handed guy. And uh, nobody expected a left-hander to be someone who would be used by the Lord. No one expected an orphan girl like Esther to be used uh, by the Lord in the way that she was used. And, and yet God chooses unlikely people. He does that for us. And my hope is today, uh, whether you're here, whether you're online, you would just be reminded that God has chosen you, that God loves you, that God has a plan for you, and that whatever failures you have in the past, they don't have to define your future because of the freedom that we can have in Christ. And so think about some of these people. Moses, um, you know, when, when you think about Moses, and we just sang a song about Moses, and, you know, we think about how God used Moses to help free the people of, uh, from slavery in Egypt, and, and Moses was mightily used by the Lord, but Moses had a resume that, that really had some questionable things on it, right? I mean, he was a murderer. Um, that's, you know, that's kind of a big issue when you're stepping into the ministry. Um, uh, people tend to frown upon that. Uh, he was a murderer, uh, but he also was a stutterer and uh, had a problem communicating. And, and again, kind of a barrier when you're called to communicate to a million people and lead them uh, through a desert and, and out into freedom. And so uh, David, the greatest king who ever lived in the nation of Israel, David had some past as well. And, and again, we, we just sang about David and we, we celebrate the, the wonderful things that God did through David. But I'll just remind you, if we were to use language today of what David did back in his story, David was a peeping Tom, adultering murderer. And God chose to use him in a mighty, mighty way. Peter, who was uh, one of the inner 12 of the disciples, he was someone who was in the closest circle of Jesus. And when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, Jesus told his disciples, say, one of you is going to deny me three times. He told Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, no way, no way would I ever deny you. And yet before the rooster crowed, he denied him three times. And after Jesus' resurrection and after Jesus' ascension into heaven, when Jesus needed someone to preach the first sermon after the Holy Spirit came and empowered the disciples, when he was looking for the person who he would preach the first sermon that would launch the church of Jesus Christ, he chose Peter, the guy who denied him three times. Over and over and over, we see this um, in the stories of Scripture. Why in the world does Jesus do these things? Why is it <clears throat> that he's constantly using people that we would say, why, why would you use that person? Why, why would you pick that, that, that 
person or that, that family. Why, why would you do that? And yet God just says, I'm going to do this to prove that no matter what someone's past is, I can do something amazing. Not only forgive and redeem and give freedom, but I can then use them in a mighty way. And if you're here today, if you're watching online and, and, and you're wondering, can God use me? You're wondering, is there too much water under the bridge? Is there some stuff that has happened in the past? Is there whatever it might be? If you're wondering that, you need to hear on this 4th of July weekend, as we celebrate freedom in our nation, you need to know this. You can have freedom in your life from your past. And God can not only forgive you, he can redeem you and use you in a mighty way to accomplish things that you would never even begin to imagine. <clears throat> and so in your notes, uh, you can just uh, write this down. This is what Jesus uh, wants to communicate to us as he chooses all these people, that God is at his best when he takes people who do not have it all together and he loves them, forgives them, and uses them in a great way. Uh, th there's just over and over and over, Jesus in his ministry, uh, we see him ministering to people and calling people and using people. And uh, the Pharisees at one point were like, why does your teacher hang out with such scum? And the disciples were like, you know, well, that's just, that's just who he is. He, in fact, they were kind of probably looking in the mirror. I don't know, okay, he chose me. I'm kind of happy about all of that. Um, uh, there's just something about Jesus that he wants to, to show to us today that, that we sometimes miss in religion. Because Jesus and religion are different. Religion says you have to have everything all together. Religion says it's all about your resume and the past. Religion is how good you can be. Jesus says it's what I can do in spite of your past. Jesus says it's what I can do in you in spite of what is in your background. And that is the huge difference between Jesus and religion. And so one of the things that we're going to learn as we look at the life of the Apostle Paul is that failure is never final. Failure is never final. I, I, let me just set this story up. Paul, uh, to paint this picture, uh, Jesus comes, he lives a perfect life. He dies on the cross uh, to pay for the sins of the world, my sins, your sins, the sins of everyone who's ever lived. He rises from the grave. He ascends into heaven, the, sends the Holy Spirit to his followers to empower them to be bold witnesses of all that has happened and everything that is done. And, and then he begins to look for a candidate. He begins to look for someone who would be able to eventually write two-thirds of the New Testament and communicate through letters uh, some of the things that God wanted the church to hear in that day, uh, that, that he uh, is looking for someone who would send uh, the, the church beyond the walls of, of just the Jewish people to the Gentiles. And that's most of us in this room and, and online. Uh, we would be those people that were receivers of that. He's, he's looking for someone who would be a church planter and would begin to plant churches throughout the known world. And of all the people that he could have chosen, of all the, the people that he could have selected to do this. He doesn't even pick someone who's already following Jesus. It's really interesting. Of all the people that he could have selected to do this, he doesn't even choose someone 
who's already following Jesus. He, he looks across all the followers of Jesus. He sees some good people. He sees some bold people. He sees certainly people that can be used in many ways. But he looks past all of them. And he goes to a guy who's not only not following Jesus, he goes to a guy that is actively trying to throw people who are following Jesus in jail and ultimately have them killed. And he says, this is the guy that I'm going to use. This is the guy that I'm going to pick. And, and everything in us would say, that's a terrible pick. That's a terrible pick, Jesus. Why would you pick that? And Jesus says, but that's who I'm going to choose. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 9. And I want us to look together at this. If you have you version on your phone, I'd, I'd love for you to turn with me. And for you to have it there, you can highlight and make some notes there uh, in you version. If you don't have your Bibles with you. Acts chapter 9. Um, and so when you're flipping there, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. If you hit Romans, First and Second Corinthians, you've gone too far, go backwards. Um, so, uh, but in Acts chapter 9, we've got, uh, we're in the story of the church. And uh, here in chapter 9 is the, the story of Saul's conversion, of how God chose to use someone who had a terrible resume to do some amazing things for him. And so in Acts chapter 9, it says this. Meanwhile... Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. This is not your first choice, usually. So like someone who's going to carry the torch uh, to lead your mission. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I, I just, I love this. Let me pause here and just say what... Jesus wanted Saul, who eventually is changed to Paul, uh, what he wanted him to experience was, was not more knowledge, but he wanted him to have a powerful encounter. And, and I would just say there are some of us who are here today, there are some of us who are watching online, and we don't need more information. What we need is an encounter with a risen Lord Jesus. And, and that's exactly what happens for Saul, who becomes Paul here in this moment. Verse 5 says this, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one who you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand in Damascus. And he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And I, I, I want you to just focus in here on Ananias because I, I feel like there are some of us who are here, there are some of us who are online who we're a little bit more like Paul. We're like, 
our background is just a train wreck. There's, God can't use me. There's all, the, there's all this sin. There's all this baggage. Maybe you're here today and you're not even a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're online and you're not a follower of Jesus. And, and you're just trying to say, well, maybe if I, if I come to church and I, you know, I jump through enough hoops, God will be happier with me. And you know, you're trying to make God happy in some ways. And, and, and you just look at your past and you think, ah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. But, but there are others of us who are here this morning. And there are others of us who are watching online who were a little bit more like Ananias. We are following Jesus, everything, we're hitting on all cylinders, things are really going well, we're, we're in a relationship with Christ, we, we know that God has forgiven our past, uh, but we are in this place like Ananias where God's saying, I want to use you to do something special, and we are at a decision point. Am I going to allow God to use me or not? Because I love this. It says, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street. I love the, the detail in Scripture, like said the name of the street. Um, go over to Straight Street, you know, go down Morrell, uh, over the corner of Barnes and Morrell, to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. And I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. I love the response. Uh, but, but Lord, but Lord exclaimed Ananias, I've kind of heard some things. I've, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. You know, there was, there was this guy that uh, was kind of stoned to death and Paul was holding the coats. He was kind of in charge of that whole thing. He's kind of on a mission here. I understand he's got paperwork to arrest people and I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't, have you ever tried to explain to God why his plan's not a good plan for you? You ever done that? You ever like tried to negotiate with the Lord? Like, you know, Lord, I don't know if you've thought this through. Let me help you out. Um, let, me, let me help you think of some things that you haven't worked through yourself. And he says, you know, hey, I, I'm not sure this is a good idea. Um, in Jerusalem, and verse 14 says, and he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name and I love this but the Lord said go there's just this hey we're not we're not debating this I remember I'm I'm God you're 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 the follower I'm gonna tell you what to do you say yes sir kind of a thing I I, I want you to go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And I love the response. So Ananias went, and he found Saul, and he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to you that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized. And afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. And then... I love this. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man 
who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. This, this is a powerful, powerful story of God saying, I'm going to use someone that nobody expects to be used. And I'm going I'm to do things through this person that will define what it means to give forgiveness and grace and freedom, to change his life, but not just change his life, then to use him so that so many others can experience that same grace and that same love and that same life change. And so earlier I asked, why would God use a person like Paul? Why would he do that? I, um, what I love is Paul answers that question for us. Um, Paul in a letter to uh, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 to 16, uh, Paul answers this by saying this, Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Now, when he says that, that's us. We're everyone, all right? This is everyone that he's writing to, everyone, everyone throughout time. And this is a message that we need to hear. And some of you maybe are here this morning, and some of you are maybe watching online to hear this trustworthy message that Paul says. Paul says, this is a trustworthy, worthy message that everyone should accept it Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners so that means if you've got sin in your past you have met the requirement to be reached by Jesus if you've got baggage in your past then you have hit the qualifying mark to be someone that Jesus is trying to reach out with his love and his grace and his mercy and scripturally that's all of us because all of us have sinned and all of us fall short of God's glorious standard so Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and Paul says and I am the worst of them all but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners and then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life that's a good news message for us, that, that our past does not have to define our future, that, that our failure is never final. And if you came here today, if you're watching online and, and you thought that maybe there were some things that disqualified you from God's grace, then I'm here to tell you you were wrong on that. And I'm here to tell you that, that God wanted you here this morning, that God wanted you to watch online today, not so that you could just like earn some bonus points for like going to church on 4th of July weekend or watching online. That, that's not the reason, but he wanted you here. He wanted you online because he wanted you to know this message, that your past does not have to define your future. And, and according to this good news message that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and when Jesus is involved, failure is never final. 
We just need to know that. When Jesus is involved, when you put him in the equation, failure is never final. And so he learned this lesson, Paul did. Uh, Paul, uh, if, if he were here and he could show up to encourage us with a few things, I think he would, he would give us a couple of pointers to help us this morning. And, and I, I just want to share a couple of these things. They're in your notes. Um, the, the first thing he would say to us is we need to say goodbye to our yesterday. Um, that our yesterdays, you, you can't fix it, you can't undo it. There's nothing you can do to change the past. And, and sometimes we've got to quit dwelling on the past. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you're driving down the road, your, your windshield in front of you um, is pretty big, right? It's a pretty big windshield. And then there is a really small rearview mirror. Um, have you ever just considered how difficult it would be to drive if the entire windshield was a rearview mirror and there was only a little sliver the size of your rearview mirror to actually see forward with? Can you just imagine how difficult it would be to navigate, how difficult it would be to, to, to move wherever you were trying to go? And yet some of us were living our life like that. Some of us were spending so much time looking backwards. We're spending so much time focusing on the past that, that we're not allowing the Lord to, to forgive and help us move past that, that, that that is defining where we are and it's defining our future. And the first thing that Paul would say to us is if, you are, if you're dwelling on the past, you're never going to be able to move into the future that God has for you. And, and so whatever that is for you, whatever that past is that you're holding on to and you're dwelling on and you're, you're reliving over and over, as long as you do that, you can't move into the places that God has for you. And so uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14, Paul would say this to us, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul says, if I spent all of my time thinking about all the things in my past, I would never be able to do what God has called me in in the future. And so for Paul to move forward, for us to move forward, we've got to allow the Lord to deal with our past. Um, how, many, how many of you remember Etch-a-Sketches? Anybody remember Etch-a-Sketch? All right, um, some, some fun Etch-a-Sketch memories. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, th- this is a, a picture of an Etch-a-Sketch that I worked on this week. This is really, um, this is some of my better work uh, here. Um, so uh, the thing about Etch-a-Sketches, um, you know, you, when I'm, you get working on them for a while, you're just like, you know what, I need to, need to up my game. So I, I, it was 4th of July weekend. It's uh, a time to celebrate a lot of things. And, and I had warmed up with this one. And then I go pull up this next one. I did this one after that. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> if you're not laughing, uh, you should be. Uh, that is not, uh, that is... Not mine. So anyway, I, somebody's really talented, not me. Um, but here's the thing. All right, you can take that down. Um, here's the thing about etch sketches um, Every time I used to try, the, the first picture is very accurate, a typical Etch-a-Sketch image, you know, trying to draw like a Mona Lisa and, uh, and somewhere in there, you know, you got to like shake it and do the do-over, right? Um, and the, the beautiful thing about an Etch-a-Sketch is, is every time you would mess up, all you had to do is just shake it and you could do that do-over. And, and the beautiful thing about the gospel 
is that there are these do-over moments where, and, and if we dwell and we live in the past, we're not allowing the Lord to kind of just shake it clean and, and give us that clean slate that he wants to offer us, but we're not allowing him to because we are so focused in on the past. I love this passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So, at the end of, of this Cinderella stories, one of the things that I think is important for us to understand is all of these people that we have looked at in this series, all of the heroes of the Bible that we haven't even had a chance to touch on, these people were not that different from us. The, these people needed God's grace. They needed God to do something in their life, forgive them of the past, to, to be able to use them in the way that he did. And, and he chose to use them, and he did amazing things through them because they were allowing him to do that. And he wants to do the same thing in our lives. They're not different from us. And, and if you're, it, sometimes it's easy to say, well, I know God can use other people, but I don't think he can use me. And maybe it's not about sin. Maybe it's just about like talent and, and skills. And you think, well, I, you know, I'm, I just don't have any abilities. There's nothing that God would want to use me for. There's, there's, there's nothing amazing. I'm not an Apostle Paul. I'm not a Moses. I'm, I'm not a Peter. I'm not, you know, but, but then I, I'm, I remind you of, of the left-handed judge named Ehud that, that everybody looked at him and said, you know, he, he doesn't have any talent, he doesn't have any ability. He, he, was, he was looked upon as somebody who was just completely insignificant, and yet God used him in a mighty, mighty way. And, and if you've bought into the lie that God's not going to use you or can't use you or you don't have any abilities to offer him, you just need to hear clearly this morning that that is a lie from Satan to keep you from doing the things that God has called you to do. But he has a purpose for every single one of us. And the only question is, is will we allow him to forgive us and restore us so that he can use us? And so um, in, in your notes, uh, you, can, you can just write this down, uh, that one of the things that God wants, wants to do in us is, is give us a chance at eternity. He wants to give us in, in eternity forgiveness and grace and, and to forgive our past and do something amazing in us now so that we can have eternal life that doesn't begin when we die. That eternal life begins right now. The moment you ask Jesus to forgive you and restore you, you receive eternal life now. And, and the second thing, this is not in your notes, but you should write this down is he wants to give us a chance for an eternal purpose. So he, he not only wants to give us a chance for eternity, he wants to give us a chance for an eternal purpose. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Romans six twenty three: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> when you think about that, eternal purpose that God has called you to. Some of you are Ananias. 
Ananias was a follower of, of God. He, he, was, he was listening for the voice of the Lord. But, but when God called him to do something hard, he had some excuses of why he shouldn't do that. And I don't know if you've ever had excuses. Well, I mean, God, I can't do that because of this. I mean, God, let me, let me explain to you why that's a bad idea for me to do this. I mean, and, and you want to negotiate with God. Um, some of us, we need to receive forgiveness and grace. Some of us, we need to just be obedient to do the hard thing that God has called us to do. And God is asking us to step into something, and we're saying, that sounds hard. And God says, I want you to do it, and I want you to trust me, and I want you to believe that when you do what I've called you to do, it will make a difference in the lives of others. Here's what we need to, to all hear. Jesus is the greatest forgiver, transformer, and dispenser of grace that the world has ever known. He is never shocked. Whatever it is that you bring to him, he's never shocked. He never says, oh, I didn't know that. He knows it all, and he loves you anyway. And grace is kind of his specialty. It's kind of the thing that he does. And, and he wants to extend it to us and to use us in mighty ways if we'll allow him. And so uh, repentance is this. For, for those of you who, who need to repent, for those of you who are watching online, repentance is this. It's, it's whenever you look at your life and you say, hey, I've got some stuff in a closet over here that I don't even like to talk about. I don't even want to pull it out because it's such a mess. I don't know what to do with it, and I don't know how to fix it. Jesus, will you fix that? Jesus, can you do something with this area of my life that I can't do anything with? And, and it's when we bring it to Jesus, he says, I, I absolutely can. And I would love to. Thank you for allowing me to be able to move and work in your life in this area that, that you've never allowed me to work in before. And that's ultimately what repentance is. It's saying, God, I don't want to live with this mess anymore. I, I don't want to keep going in the directions that I've been going. I want to go in a new direction. I want to turn towards you, and I want to turn away from these things and these areas in my life. And, and when we think about God's grace, I, I think of this passage in Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 20. It says this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And so one of the things that we need to understand is God does pour out his grace. But he then calls us to say, hey, go and sin no more. And I want to empower you with my spirit to live differently. You don't have to keep living in the future the same way you have in the past. That through the power of my spirit, you can experience change. You can experience forgiveness and, and you can experience newness of life. Here, here's what I, I want us to do this morning. In a moment, we're going to pray together. 
And normally, our, our musicians, so if you're one of our musicians, I just want you to stay put, all right? I, uh, I'd, love, I'd love for you to be a part of this response. Um, and so at the end of my prayer, I'm gonna invite our musicians to come, and uh, I'll, I'll ask them to come as we talk about our response cards. Um, but, but as we pray, I, I think there are a few responses to how we can really respond to this message to the life of the Apostle Paul. One way is if you're here today and, and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you and, and, and to come in and change your life and, and clean up that closet that's just a wreck, whatever it might be, if, if you thought for some reason that God was upset with you, that, that God was kind of keeping a tally log and that you know there was just too much in the background for, for his grace to really change your life. If you've never done that, today really is just an opportunity for you to say, I, I want that grace. If God can do this in Paul's life, he can do this in yours. There's nobody here who's got a worse resume than Paul. There's nobody here who has a worse resume than, than the background of the Apostle Paul, and God forgave him and restored him, and then used him to do amazing things. And so maybe today is just your day to say, I want that grace. I need that grace. But there's others of you who you've done that. You've asked Jesus to forgive you in the past. He has already forgiven you. He's come into your life to be Lord, but there's still some areas of your life that you're struggling with. There's still areas that, that you keep kind of going back in some ways, and, and you need to be reminded that it is, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that God calls us to live holy. And, and if there's some things that you're just, the Lord has reminded you, hey, it's not good that you're living in that place. That he wants to give you forgiveness again, and he wants to empower you to live differently in the future, that might be you today. And then there's others of you. There's just three responses, all right? There's others of you who you're walking with Jesus. Everything is hitting on all cylinders. You are in a great relationship with the Lord, but you know you're not doing something that he's asked you to do. There's some, there's some lost people around you. There's some people that are far from Jesus who are around you, and, and you know that you should go build a relationship with them, and you know that you should be investing in them. You know you should be helping them walk with Jesus and, and just sharing your faith with them and just sharing what God's done in you. But that just seems so hard, and you're negotiating with God, but they're so different from me. I don't have anything in common with them. What will they say? What will they think? There's all of these excuses we give, and maybe today's a day where you just say, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask me to do, like Ananias. Yes, Lord, I'll go. So I want us to pray, and I believe there are many other responses, but these are just three specifics. And so I'd love for you to bow your heads with me, um, and, and I just want to lead us in a time of prayer together and uh, with every head bowed and, and with every eye closed. I just, if, that's, if you're here today and, and maybe you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life as your pastor, I just, I would love to pray for you and just include you in this prayer. Would you just slip your hand up and just say, hey, would you count me in? I need to ask Jesus into my life. I need that grace. I need that forgiveness. I, I need to start that relationship with Jesus today. Would you just slip your hand up? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. 
I need you to do for me what you did for Paul. Help me to quit living in the past and help me to understand that today, as I bring to you this mess, this area of my life, this, these problems, these challenges, this sin, this baggage that, that I've not been able to fix myself, I, I give it to you and I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to give me a fresh start, a do-over. I want to follow you today, and I, I want to begin choosing to, to walk with you in relationship. I want to experience your freedom and your forgiveness and your grace and your hope for tomorrow. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for a new, fresh start. Thank you for your grace. For those of you who may be said, I'm, I'm already following Jesus, but there's some stuff I'm wrestling with. There's some, there's some things that I'm, I'm still struggling with. Would, would you just say, you know, I, I need God to help me in some area of struggle. Would you just slip your hand up? I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I'm struggling in some areas. Thank you. Hands all over the place. Thank you. I'm, I'm a follower, but I just need God's help. I need His Spirit to empower me. Thank you. Lord, you've seen these hands. You know the burdens that are carried. You know the challenges. You know the struggles. You know the hurts. I thank you that your grace is sufficient to not only forgive us and give us eternal life, but your grace is sufficient to help us wade through this life and all that it throws at us. I pray, Lord, that you would empower people with your spirit. May you fill them with your Holy Spirit. Today, as they just say yes to you, may you give them a new sense of your presence and a new sense of strength. And Lord, may they be able to battle the things that they're wrestling with, not in their strength, but in yours. Not in their power, but in yours. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them today. Give them new strength. And Lord, for those who are following you, and you're calling them to do some hard things, and they've been negotiating with you, I pray that in these moments they would just say yes. They would say, I will go. Like Ananias, I'll do the hard thing that you've called me to do, even though I've got a lot of reasons why I don't think I'm qualified, even though I've got a lot of reasons I don't think that I'm the right person, even though this just seems like it might backfire, even though, even though, even though I say yes to you, God. And if that's you this morning, you just say, I, whatever God calls me to do, I, I'm going to say yes. Would you just slip your hand up? just as a declaration of, I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to do what he calls me to do. Thank you. Father, you've seen these hands. May you empower them with your spirit. Help us to be bold, to be the men and women you've called us to be, to reach the people all around us that so desperately need your love. Thank you what you've done in us. May we share it with the people who are around us this week and in the weeks to come. We ask these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.